Welcome to our Spiritual Resilience Podcast with Reverend Rich Taffel, a transformative leader and executive coach in areas of public policy, social change, and spiritual entrepreneurship. We understand that today's life and social challenges require a more holistic approach, including spiritual tools, thoughtful dialogue, and of course, community building. Join us in the conversation. It's to be back with you all today. Did you know that by gathering today on this Sunday, we're doing something quite radical in our culture. We're gathering in groups and we're working to create community. And in this time in our world, that is actually counterculture. That's the sad truth. Throughout the rest of the country, a number of Americans intend uh, are not attending faith communities anymore, and the same is true in politics. There are less Republicans and less Democrats and more people who are unaffiliated. Uh, we're seeing at work something called the Great Resignation, where people are leaving the workplace. And this week, the Wall Street Journal shared a Gallup poll labeling a new phenomena of workers called quiet quitters who are disengaged even if they come back into the office. Toxic behavior, and that's uh, what I want to talk about. At the same time, we're experiencing a, a loneliness epidemic uh, where we really need to engage in community, but it's harder and harder because in that community building, there are people who are toxic with narcissism on the rise. We're experiencing an epidemic of toxic behaviors. In the book, The Upswing, How America Came Together a Century Ago and How It Can Do It Again, the authors Robert Putnam and Shailene Romney Gartefeller describe our period of intense narcissism. They call it an I period when we need a we period. And the narcissism creates selfish people who are unable to engage in community. Now this phenomena of being unable to engage in community is playing out throughout uh, all of Washington. Uh, a recent article in The Intercept entitled The Elephant in the Room, Meltdowns Have Brought Progressive Advocacy Groups to a Standstill at a Critical Moment in History report that most of DC's nonprofits can't achieve their mission because they're dealing with infighting among their own employees. Churches are seeing the same struggles. And a recent report says that 40% of pastors are looking at ways to leave their job because it's been so difficult trying to build community at church. So we are faced with this dilemma. At the same time, it's important to build community. More people are afraid to join or lead organizations. Before we can build back community, we need to prepare ourselves for the often toxic environment that we'll be engaging in, and we have to develop spiritual resi resilience. This is particularly true in the political sphere. So if we want to go back into the public square, we have to be resilient and ready for what we're going to face. Otherwise, what we do is we just draw back. We just say, you know, 
I'm sticking out of it. I'm staying out of it. I'm keeping my head down. I don't want to get involved. And what that does is it just leads the toxic folks to, to be in organizations, and that's no good. So over the next six Sundays, I'll be exploring ways that we could develop our own spiritual practice of resilience so that we can engage in the public square, in community, and be ready for that. So that's what I'll be doing the next uh, six Sundays. And so the first one that I wanted to focus on this week is self-awareness. And I wanted to start with self-awareness as a spiritual practice for resilience because without it, we can't grow spiritually. If you don't know yourself, it's really hard to engage and know others. Our failures uh, to see our blind spots is actually the biggest challenge into growing spiritually and building community. So let's look to the wisdom of Jesus. Jesus is repeatedly teaching about the importance of self-awareness, reflecting on your own faults to become more aware of them and then addressing them so you can grow. So as we heard in the reading today, a group of men want to stone a woman to death. He famously suggests to them to reflect on themselves. Let the person who hasn't sinned themselves throw the first stone. Jesus reminds us when we feel a desire to condemn others, we can stop and look within and see what we need to change. In the other parable, he tells this example of we're always able to see the speck in our brother's eye, but we cannot see the log in our own eye. We see the problems in other people. We don't see anything in ourselves. Again, Jesus is teaching us that for there to be spiritual growth, we have to be able to look within and resist the temptation to condemn without. In a more frightening passage, we didn't read this today, but it's a little more frightening passage uh, we've read in the past. There's a story of a rich man who dies, and he's in heaven, and he, uh, he's actually not in heaven. He's in hell, and he didn't lead a good life. And he says to Abraham, please go and warn my brothers and sisters about what's, what it's like here, because if you would warn them, they change their, their bad ways. And it's very telling what Abraham says back to him. He says, if they didn't listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced if someone rises from the dead. The parable in that case reminds us how hard self-awareness is. And even when we're being warned by people, we often can't see our blind spots. In the Swedenborg Insight, uh, he offers some really interesting teachings about self-awareness. It's a real focus of his teachings. For one, um, Jesus was, uh, I mean, Swedenborg was one of the first people to really in, uh, talk about near-death experience. It's now a phenomena. But what he described that was unique at the time, but now common, is that when we pass into the next life, we will experience a life review. And in that life review, as it's described in his writings, not only do we see sort of a movie of our life, all the activities of our life, 
but we experience all the emotions of how others felt when we engaged them. Can you imagine all the things we did and how people felt about it? It sounds daunting, a little frightening, a little scary, and it's not intended to be. In fact, we're told that it's done without judgment. It's done with love, with the point being until we really understand our life and the impact, we can't grow to the next level. And then today in the reading from his insight, he talks about ways that people avoid self-reflection and self-awareness in this life. One of the more common ways is being in a group of people who are self-righteous. And uh, guess, which, guess which group he's talking about most often. In the afterlife, people who struggle the most are often people who were religious. And he talks about people who are so condemnatory in their life and judgmental of others that they imagine themselves as saints because they went to church, they prayed all the time, they talked about their faith, and they had no self-awareness, therefore could not grow spiritually, and they're not in a good place in the next life. In the psychological thriller, a movie called Flatliners, I don't know if any of you have seen it, I think it, was, I think it came out about 1990 or so, but it's a, it's, it's a good movie, it's, a, it's kind of a slightly horror movie, but in it, uh, four medical students get together and say, you know, we've got this technology where we can bring ourselves back, we can bring ourselves to death and back, let's try it. And so they experiment with flatlining, taking themselves into death and bringing each other back. And in one of the examples of one of the, the, the guys that does it, I think his name is Dave, he, uh, on Halloween, he experiences the bullying that he did to a young girl on the school bus, and he can feel the emotions that she felt as he terrorized her as a kid. And so in the movie, he comes back from this experience, this review, and he seeks her out to apologize. It's, it's, it's quite spiritual um, and quite interesting. It might be a fun watch. Maybe we could watch it as a group. It sounds very much like what Swedenborg describes, this life review, the ability to see what we've done. So self-awareness as a spiritual practice becomes our greatest challenge to growth and resilience. And it's also the door to really all spiritual evolution. So it's extremely important to develop, and yet it's extremely hard to develop. The reason is that in our daily life, we are the heroes of our own story. All of you are living in Rich's movie. It's my story, and your bit players in my great story. And I'm that for you. And the world, revol the world revolves around us and our story and what we think and how we're feeling and the villains are out there, we're the good guy, and so forth. So in that story that we tell about ourselves, we like to imagine ourselves, our character, in the best light. We often don't want to see our flaws. 
Over time, we work to carefully hide those selfish parts of ourselves that we don't want to change. Soon, we become so blind to our failings, having developed complex systems to keep them hidden, that we can't see them at all. And we actually avoid people who challenge us around those blind spots. And this process often leads to the uh, addiction and other situations where we get into a, a loop of lack of self-awareness because we're wrapped up and stuck in something. Those hidden parts of ourself in theological language would, you could call sin. Uh, Jung called it the shadow. I like that expression. It's the side of ourself that we don't see. And when we res refuse to see these parts of ourselves that need to change, they stay the same and we don't grow. We keep them hidden. And what we often do is surround ourselves with other people who share our mindset and can keep that hidden part of ourself that we don't want to address out there within it's hidden in our in our shadow and what we do is we project outside of our group those folks are the enemies we're all good people isn't it great that we're all good as we spoke about earlier this is very common in religious groups many religions say i'm saved you're not i'm in i've got god I'm God's chosen person, you're not, I'm a child of God, and you are a sinner. And look how bad you all are, and look how terrible you all are, and look how good we are over here. This lack of awareness in religion has created the, the great crises we've faced in the last few decades of the pedophile scandal in the church, we have a Me Too scandal going on in many of the megachurches, and it's no accident that men throwing stones in Jesus' day were doing it because of their self-righteousness around their own sexual sin. With one simple comment, Jesus shifts them to a spiritual growth and says, look within yourself. Now, in our more urban city life here in Washington, we don't tend to have groups of people so much, we have them, but less so, who are in religious groups. Uh, in Washington, we're more likely to be uh, in a more progressive, woke culture that has a lot of similarities to a religion. Um, in woke culture, in the old days, the religions had heretics. In woke culture, you have bigots, and you, can't, and you used to kill them at the stake, the heretics. Today, you cancel them. And uh, the woke culture has its own diets and its own uh, habits. Uh, for example, you would never smoke, smoking, not cigarettes, pot maybe, but not cigarettes. So it has all these sort of different rules and uh, insights of the ways to behave. And when it's confronted with someone who disagrees, you can simply lash out and say, well, you're homophobic, racist, or transphobe. And that creates, the problem is all of them, I don't need to, we don't need to look at our own self-awareness. Uh, I saw this danger within subgroups in my own life um, early on in the AIDS crisis, as uh, Randy Schultz reports in his book, The Band Played On. 
Public health officials were telling gay men that this, is, this disease is connected to sexual behavior. And rather than close down the bathhouses in San Francisco, they cried, homophobia, you're trying to control our lives. We don't believe you, we don't trust you. And it was a very unfortunate situation of a lack of uh, awareness that led to uh, many people, unfortunately, getting a deadly disease. So it can happen in subgroups. It's not just religious groups. Um, it can happen in any group that we get into who reinforces our side of things and does not ever cause us to reflect. Uh, journalist Jonah Goldberg had a good piece in the Dispatch this week, and it really sums up the dangers of being in groups that thwart self-awareness. I'm going to read his uh, quote. He, this is a quote from a longer piece. But groupthink married to an invincible and unreflective confidence that our side is always right leads to all manner of mistakes. While it can take courage to call out the people on the other side of an issue, a deeper political courage comes from being willing to admit that no one has a monopoly on political virtue or facts. Sometimes it helps to ask, am I the bad guy? And just sometimes the answer might be yes. I think that's a good summary of the way that we can get into groups that thwart our self-awareness. They often share misinformation, which can lead to what's called a values bias. This was pointed out in a 2021 article by a gentleman named Brian McLaren. And he says, when we have values bias, we judge all the new ideas that come into our life based on the ease in which they fit or confirm the only standard that we have, our old ideas, our old information, our own trusted authorities. As a result, our framing story, belief system, or paradigm excludes whatever doesn't fit. In other words, every bit of information we get used to reinforce our worldview helps us to avoid looking at who we really are. And this perpetuates a very vicious cycle in public life because when we don't look for information that challenges ourselves, but instead we look for information that affirms our beliefs, we become incredibly susceptible to misinformation. And misinformation is rampant in our culture right now and leading our whole culture right now in our country to be lacking in self-awareness. Max Fisher at the New York Times in, in a 2021 article explained that there's, there's three ways that the loss of self-awareness makes us vulnerable to misinformation. First, he says, and perhaps the most important, is when conditions in a society make people feel a greater need for what social scientists call in-grouping, a belief that their social identity is a source of strength and superiority and that other groups can be blamed for their problems. Second, the emergence, the emergence of high-profile political figures who encourage their followers to indulge their desire for identity-affirming misinformation. Third, a shift to social media, which is a powerful outlet for composers of disinformation, a pervasive vector for misinformation 
and a multiplier of risk factors. In other words, he's saying, becoming more self-aware with true information that challenges us becomes harder to access. And all of that helps us, helps to make it more difficult for us to become self-aware and grow spiritually. The forces of darkness are quite clever and they will use whatever we give them to keep us blind to our own shortcomings. Okay, so self-awareness is a very serious spiritual practice. It's also very challenging. Is there anything we can do about it? I think so. I'm gonna give five quick suggestions and we will put these in the newsletter. First, pray. Use the confession that we use on Sundays here and just pray and ask God to show you the areas that you need to change. And while you're praying and meditating, these areas will come up. And just be careful as they come up, not to justify them or explain them away. And even if you're not able to address them at this time, or even if you admit you don't wanna change them, just let them sit with you, write them down, see what comes through. If you ask for God's help, a way through this will be shown and you will be able to address them. A second strategy is something called parts work and it's best done with a, a therapist or a coach who's qualified in it. But it's an exercise where you look at the voices and personalities that make you up and you can discover there are old personalities, old behaviors that once served a purpose within you, but they no longer do. And they need to go. And these will be often very defensive in your life, but through this exercise, you can identify them. I spoke in a sermon called The Voices in Your Head a while back. And if you're interested, we could put it into the newsletter where I go through the exercise of how you can reference this pretty common technique that many therapists and coaches use to identify the different personalities or voices that are going on in your life and seeing which ones are no longer serving. A third is engaging your stakeholders. Um, as you know, I do coaching and very often I get invited to do coaching for leaders who are having a severe blind spot in their life and the blind spot so serious that they're going usually going to lose their job if they can't change. And so what the organization will do is hire a coach from the outside and you work with the person and that person surveys the people in the company and says, I'm trying to improve parts of myself. Is there a part of me that you think I need to change or I could grow or I could be a better person if, if it was addressed? And from the results of that, you get some feedback and you, you pick one of those areas, just one. And then you go back to the same group and you say, I've decided to work on, let's say it was humility, lack of humility. I, 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 I need to change my humility. You go back to the group and say, I need to change this. And this is a blind spot. And the uh, people in the organization will give you, are asked to give you suggestions for how it change, how to change. And I can just tell you the results of this are stunning, really stunning. So that's something you might also try within your own network. You could ask people who care about you, 
What's the one area you'd like to see me change? Another thing is to, uh, a fourth thing is to pay close attention to areas where you're obsessively critical of others. Uh, this focus on others, as we've seen today, can really hide areas within ourselves. So when you see yourself throwing stones, let's follow Jesus' advice and reflect within. And finally, the fifth is you can look at repeated patterns in your life. Uh, what mistakes do you keep making again and again? And what life lessons keep coming up again and again? Usually there's a pattern, and there's some usually blind spot, a lesson to be learned. And if you can learn that lesson, you can move through that repetitive process. So those are a few ways to begin to see your blind spots and become more self-aware. So self-awareness is a really, really important spiritual practice. It's something we'll do our entire life. Um, Swedenborg says that the story of Genesis is also a story of, uh, that refers to our own spiritual growth and development. And each of the days represent levels of spiritual growth that we attain. And he says most people don't get past day three or four. So uh, it's not looking great that, we, uh, that, people, can, that people can grow, but uh, it's something that's very, very important for us to engage in as a faith community if we want to engage the world at this time. Uh, there will be forces that will be pushing and pulling us as we try to grow, and they will want us to remain comfortable and the same, but self-awareness and spiritual growth require change. Developing your spiritual practice of self-awareness is a door that opens you to your highest self. It's the beginning of all spiritual growth. It's critical to develop for the resilience you'll need to engage in building the beloved community that we are called to do. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Spiritual Resilience Podcast with Reverend Rich Taffel. We invite you to reach out to us with your questions and comments, as well as proposed topics for discussion. Sending you love and light. Till next episode.